and welcome to Musings on History. Episode 2.7, The Battle of Sekigahara. The Battle of Sekigahara was a turning point in Japanese history because it is seen as the end of the Warring States period and the unofficial beginning of the Edo period. But while Tokugawa ended up reaping the benefits of the battle and its aftermath, credit must be given to his predecessors as well. Oda Nobunaga was the first of the three daimyo to attempt to consolidate power in Japan, and by 1573, he was in control of the former Ashikaga shogun, Ashikaga Yoshiaki. Oshiaki was the daimyo who convinced Oda Nobunaka's general, Akechi Mitsuhide, to betray him in the Honoji incident of 1582. Toyotomi Hideyoshi quickly avenged Oda Nobunaga and stepped into his shoes as the ruler of most of Honshu. Then he expanded his influence into Kyushu and Shikoku Islands, as well as into the Kantu region of northeastern Honshu, eliminating the powerful Hojo clan in the process with Tokugawa's help. Although Tokugawa fought with Oda Nobunaga in, in most of his campaigns and assisted Hideyoshi as well, his main job was to stay alive and in the favor of the most powerful daimyo of the time until they died, and the path was clear to take their place. I can't say for sure if this was Tokugawa's plan, but if it was, it worked brilliantly. There was the small matter of Toyotomi Hideyoshi's son, Toyotomi Hideyori, and the regions that had been set in place by the dying Hideyoshi to rule in his son's stead. But Tokugawa dealt with that as well. One of the generals opposing him, Ishidi Mitsunari, was literally being kept alive by Tokugawa's grace, and so Tokugawa had an ace in the hole as far as his opposition was concerned. Tokugawa, who had wisely opted not to join Hideyoshi in his invasions of China and Korea, saw how the disastrous campaigns had woven discord within the Toyotomi clan and their allies. And so he was generous when courting clans and bureaucrats who were disillusioned with Toyotomi leadership such as the Fukushima and Kiyomasa clans. By 1600, the country was essentially split into pro-Tokugawa and anti-Tokugawa factions, the Mitsunari faction. The Tokugawa faction was based in Kansai province and was thus called the Eastern Army, and the Mitsunari faction was based in Omi province and was thus called the Western Army. And so the stage for the Battle of Sekigahara was set. The first advantage that Tokugawa and his eastern army had was the weather. Having traveled by the sea road, the eastern army had managed to avoid the autumn rains and were thus able to travel faster and keep the gunpowder for their arquebus dry and ready for immediate use. The western army had caught the full force of these rains and faced several marching delays that thinned out their advantages before the battle had even joined. Mitsunari's general, Mori Terimotu, was based in Osaka Castle, which Western Army sympathizers had taken when Tokugawa vacated it to attack the Yusugi clan. Mitsunari wanted to enforce, reinforce Mori there, giving him control of Kyoto. When Tokugawa received this news, he mustered up a force of about 70,000 men and marched on Kyoto. 
There were only two main roads to Osaka and Kyoto, and both converged at Gifu Castle, meaning whoever held Gifu Castle essentially held all viable routes to the Imperial City. Tokugawa took the Tokaido Road, which was on the east near the sea, while Mitsunari was delayed by rains near Fushimi Castle. Fushimi Castle was also important because it was a halfway point between Osaka and Kyoto, and it was controlled by a Tokugawa ally, Totomorotada. Ishida couldn't leave Fushimi Castle untouched in his rear since it was controlled by a Tokugawa ally, so he had to take that castle. But by the time he did that, it took 10 days, Tokugawa had taken Gifu Castle, and so Mitsunari had to retreat southward. Ishida Mitsunari had decided to camp his army in Sagigahara, taking up a strong defensive position between two rivers. While Mitsunari's army held a strong defensive position and benefited from a much larger army, they had about 120,000 men to Tokugawa's 75,000. Tokugawa had also snuck in a unit of arquebusiers that he kept hidden in his battle plans lest someone be compelled to tell Mitsunari about them. Tokugawa had also secretly been in contact with several of the pro-Mitsunari daimyo prior to the battle, promising them lands and titles if they switched sides during the battle. So the battle began when Fukushima Masanori, one of Tokugawa's generals, led an attack on the Western Army's right center. When these two sides began engaging, Ishidi Masanori ordered Shimazu Yoshihiro to defend the Western Army's right flank, but he refused to obey the commands, and he was eating, he was busy, because he was senior in rank to Ishida. Some scholars at Toho University in Tokyo have recently discovered evidence that Shimazu was one of the generals that Tokugawa had been in contact with prior to the battle, as part of an agreement that the Mori clan had made to preserve their territory should Tokugawa prevail. This evidence has also been used to explain why Mori Terimoto's troops did not leave Osaka Castle earlier to join Mitsunari when he failed to secure Fushimi Castle. Fukushima's attack began to gain, gain ground on the right flank. The Western Army General Otani Yoshisugu saw the opportunity to attack Fukushima from across the Fuji River. Also in a prime position to attack Fukushima was Kobayakaka Hideaki sorry, on Mount Matsuyo, but his allegiance was unclear as he had also been courted by Tokugawa. Hideaki chose to remain neutral and didn't join Otani's attack, nor did he attack the Western Army, so Tokugawa ordered his arquebusiers to fire on Hideaki's position in order to force him to make a decision. That was a gamble because, I mean, he could have said, oh, okay, Tokugawa's going to fire on me? Fine, I'm just going to join Otani and keep my allegiance with the Mitsunari faction in the Western Army. But... It worked out in Tokugawa's favor because Hideaki decided at that moment to join the Eastern Army and attacked Otani's position. Now, Otani's position was one of the few in the Western Army that had dry gunpowder, so Hideaki's forces were mostly ineffective at, like, decimating Otani's forces. But this did, however, turn Otani's attentions from reinforcing the Western Army right flank, and soon he became outnumbered by several Eastern Army generals. Upon seeing this, four Western Army generals switched sides, which 
essentially change the tide of the battle. After Otani's retreat, the entire right flank of the Western Army was soon overrun by Fukushima and Hideaki's forces. Once Mitsunari's center began to face pressure, he retreated back towards Mount Nangu, where his only forces remained. These forces were under the command of Kiwaka Hiroye, whose forces were loyal to the Mori clan and formed their front lines. Kiwaka had earlier refused Mitsunari's command to attack, which made the Chosokabi forces behind him also unable to attack. Wakiwaka's refusal to join the battle, Ishida Mitsunari had no more forces left and he was defeated. The Western army quickly fell apart after this, with some commanders scattering and others committing seppuku, such as Otani Yoshisugu. Mitsunari himself was captured and executed, while Mori Teramoto and Yoshihiro were able to return to their home provinces since they had essentially sided with the Tokugawa by not engaging in the battle. The public execution of Toyotomi generals Ishida Mitsunari, Konishi Yukinaga, and Ankokuji Ike severely weakened the power of the Toyotomi clan, which had already been weakened by the failed campaigns in Korea and China, plus the internal disputes within the regency. Many Toyotomi lands were distributed by Tokugawa to his vassals, both old and new, with Tokugawa, of course, choosing to reward those with long periods of service to him, as well as honoring the bribes that he made to defecting generals. At first, this conflict was seen as an internal conflict between Toyotomi vassals, but when Tokugawa was named Shogun by Emperor Goyozai in 1603, Tokugawa Ayasu was elevated from Toyotomi retainer and daimyo of the Kanto region to leader of the Tokugawa Shogunate. The fact that he was the first Tokuga shogun in 27 years was of particular significance because it meant the effective end of daimyo warring for preeminence. Many clans were extinguished after the Battle of Sekigahara, since Tokugawa chose to consolidate smaller fiefdoms under loyal retainers with larger armies as a means of keeping control. But not every clan benefited from choosing Tokugawa's side. The Mori clan and the Chosokabi clan were stripped of their original provinces and re- relegated to smaller domains under other daimyo. The Shimazu clan was fairly remote from Kyoto, being located on Kyushu Island, and while they made the appropriate gestures of fealty to the Tokugawa shogunate, they continued to operate autonomously. These three clans in particular were never completely loyal to the Tokugawa shogunate and all were active in the plotting that brought down the shogunate in 1868 and brought about the Meiji Restoration. Tokugawa was 60 years old when he was named shogun by the emperor on March 24, 1603. He had outlasted all of his contemporaries and unified the warring fiefdoms of Japan under his control. He chose to abdicate in 1605 in favor of his son, Hidetada, but was nonetheless still the power behind the scenes until his death. After his retirement, he took on the title of Ogosho, which means retired shogun, and moved to Sunpu Domain while supervising the constructor of the now-famous Edo Castle. Today's imperial palace stands on the site of the original Edo Castle, which burned in the 1630s. 
Tokugawa cemented his clan's imperial ties even further by marrying his many descendants into other imperial descendant clans, such as the Taira and Fujiwara clans, and the imperial family of modern Japan is descended from him through those intermarriages. He made alliances also with several European powers, including the Netherlands, Spain, and England, but he chose to keep Japan distant from European affairs after 1609. He only allowed the Dutch East India Trading Company to operate a single factory in Japan. But even this small concession ended up providing the springboard for the trading company to influence politics throughout Southeast Asia, which eventually led to the Dutch and French colonization of India, uh, I'm sorry, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, Sri Lanka, Taiwan, and Vietnam, which were collectively known as French and Dutch Indochina. Tokugawa was always concerned about the influence of Christianity in Japan. He signed the Christian Expulsion Edict in 1614, and so the religion and its adherents were proscribed in Japan until the Meiji Restoration. Many Japanese scholars have suggested that this edict was thoroughly instrumental in keeping Japan from being colonized by European powers. Since Tokugawa saw the influence of the Spanish missionaries and eventual Spanish colonization of the Philippines in the late 1500s. By the time Japan once again opened its borders to foreigners, the country had undergone a massive industrialization campaign that put it on a somewhat equal military and economic footing with Europe and the United States. And that made Japan much harder to colonize outright. Tokugawa, after 1614, considered Christianity to be a great cultural evil that would undo all of the work he had done in centralizing uh, Japanese authority under his dynasty. Tokugawa Ayasu died in 1616 at the age of 73. He was deified as a gongen after his death, according to his wishes. A gongen is a Buddha that appears during times of great upheaval to save mankind. Tokugawa believed that the deification would preserve his descendants and protect them from evil, and he might have been right because the Tokugawa shogunate, which is also known as the Ido Bafuku, was the longest-lasting feudal shogunate, lasting 250 years. Unlike previous daimyo, Tokugawa never undertook any foreign campaigns. His designs were very clear. Unify Japan under the shogun and the emperor, institute economic and social reforms that would ensure prosperity in Japan, and ruthlessly eliminate all competition the moment it appeared. Tokugawa was pretty cruel in the administration of these goals, especially when he was hunting down and exterminating the Toyotomi clan and all those loyal to him. Them, sorry, but he was passionate about restoring order. When he wasn't ruthlessly rooting out enemies, Tokugawa did encourage the arts and the proliferation of the Shinto religion as the cultural heart of Japan. While his methods would not be considered humane, they were effective, and that is essentially what makes him great. Next episode, I will delve into the life and times of General Simon Bolivar, the Venezuelan resistance leader that led independence movements throughout South America from Colombia to Uruguay. Join me next time for more Musings on History.